Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road. And hopefully the sound of my voice has everything going well for you in your operation. And we're getting a little bit of rain over here. The other day we had uh, just about a little bit more than a half inch, and then today we had three-tenths of an inch. So it's not too bad considering uh, we haven't had anything, and I was blessed to have the opportunity to broadcast off my cover crop, which is straight triticale this year. Nothing fancy, because though it's been so dry, I didn't want to wait for something to come up and then have a killing freeze and, and kaput, as they say, right? Kaput, because once you get those killing freezes with some of those cover crops, they don't come back. But triticale will just live the winter through and then come back nice, God willing, nice and green and lush. And uh, let me know what's happening in your operation. Just let me know it through my email, hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. And when you're on, and when you're over there in the combine harvesting, also check out my website, and that is Farm Machinery Digest. And all the podcast episodes are there, the back episodes of this show, Farm Machinery Digest Radio. There's the over 100 technical articles, toolbox tests, blog posts, and there's also pictures of some some listeners' equipment and cars and farm machinery, so check that all out. And as you know, we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. with an encore on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147, right? And if you have the app, you could listen through the app. You don't have to have the Sirius radio in your vehicle, Or your tractor. So uh, that is it. Let me see what else I wanted to tell you. So on today's show, what I'm going to be talking about is the difference between turbocharging and supercharging. And some of you may know it, and some of you may not. And respectfully, some of you may know it, but only to a certain level that you needed to understand at that particular point. So we're going to take a deeper dive into that. And I'm also going to explain why you really don't see any supercharged farm tractors or combines or farm equipment. Now, years ago, Detroit Diesel, back in the good old days, they had a supercharged and turbocharged engine. They had two two stroke entries. So if you turn the clock back 50 or 60 years ago, you may have seen some. But today, everything is turbocharged and you don't see anything supercharged. And the same thing is with, with pickup trucks. You have turbo diesel pickup trucks. You don't have supercharged pickup trucks. So I'm going to explain to you why that is the pros and cons of both and why things are the way they are and if you're listening to this show you're the type of person that's after my own heart because you want to understand why things are the way they are how things work you don't want to just look at something and take it for granted and that is what makes you successful in whatever you do because having a level of understanding and brings you in harmony with something, whether it's growing crops on the on the agricultural part of your operation or your machinery or your finance or your health or anything else. To have a level of understanding is very, very important. And that's what I do on this show. And that's why I appreciate you guys listening because you're people after my own heart. So after this short break, we're going to talk about the difference between supercharging and turbocharging and why you don't see any supercharged farm equipment. But remember, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability.
TV is now on Sirius XM. Hear live gavel-to-gavel coverage, in-depth legal reporting, and expert analysis of the nation's most important and compelling trials, historic live oral arguments from the United States Supreme Court, and relive the trial of the century with OJ25, with new episodes every Sunday night, as well as your favorite Court TV mystery shows, like The First 48, Corrupt Crimes, and Forensic Files. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. Online at Channel 793. Hi, I'm Rob Keck from Bass Pro Shops, your leader in the outdoors. Join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern for Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We'll talk about all things outdoors and preserving our access to the forest, field, and water. We'll be bringing you special guests from unique locations as well as inside access to the latest topics and trends in the outdoors. Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World only on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Your adventure starts right here. The Rural Evening News, the only primetime newscast that matters to rural America. That report is out, caught me by surprise. Grain and livestock markets kind of going all over the place. The weather outlook for the coming days. This system is really picking up some steam. And Western sports. An incredible ride you will have to see to believe. In one jam-packed half hour. The Rural Evening News, weeknights at 7.30 Eastern. On Rural Radio, Channel 147, the agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel. Listen, farming is all about appreciating the simple things in life. So why make it complicated? I'm Rob Sharkey of Shark Farmer Radio, and I just want to cut down the confusion and delve deeper and deeper into the tangled controversies within the farming world. There's so much to learn from the great people of agriculture. So forget the nonsense and let's get back to the basics on Shark Farmer Radio, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road. And the cats are being quite good today so far, thank God. But the cricket is still here. He's got some turbo boost going. And uh, he's doing quite well. So if you hear that cricket, you just know that this is, that legitimizes that you're on Cat Swamp Road at the farmhouse, right? Because nobody's going to put a cricket in their show if they don't have it. But as I said in the opening segment, we're talking about the difference between turbocharging and supercharging. And a little segue into this. The way an, an, an engine breathes, whether it's normally, whether it's a diesel or gasoline, it could either breathe normally, which they call naturally aspirated, some people call normally aspirated, and that is from the pressure differential of atmosphere versus the lower pressure region, which we would call a vacuum. A vacuum is anything that is less than atmospheric pressure and caused by the sweeping of the piston and the seal of the rings against the bore, the movement of the piston down towards bottom dead center. So it's like a suction, all right? So it creates a low pressure region. And what happens is the atmospheric pressure in conjunction with working with the low pressure region actually fills the cylinder and with what we would call charge, air and fuel. So on a diesel engine, it's basically just air and the fuel is administered into the cylinder, but we'll call it charge. And that's why lots of times on a diesel engine, we'll call it a charge air cooler instead of an intercooler when really it's not an intercooler, I mean, really not a charge air cooler because there is no fuel mixed with it, excuse me, at that particular point. So what happens is that's how the engine fills the cylinders. And as the 
barometric pressure goes down, or if you go higher in altitude, that becomes less efficient. If the barometric pressure is higher, then that becomes more efficient. And the amount that the cylinder is filled is called volumetric efficiency. So it's the percentage that the cylinder is filled with 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 air. And on contrary to what many people believe is that the cylinder is not filled with air 100%, neither is it filled, uh, in most applications, it's not filled <clears throat> 100% at all at any time. So it, there is always a differential. And it would be just like saying you planted so many seeds in a field and you got so many plants from so many seeds. So that would be the volumetric <clears throat> excuse me, efficiency of that field or of that crop. Now, peak volumetric efficiency, the most cylinder fill happens at peak torque, but that does not mean it's at 100%, all right? It's just that the, the so that's like you're the highest yielding part of your field. It doesn't mean the seed may have had the potential to make 500 bushels per acre, but you're only making 300, and then your best part of the field is 300. So your volumetric efficiency is 300 out of 500, okay? But it's read in percentage on an engine. <clears throat> now, what happens, excuse me, <clears throat> is that um, the whole idea is to make the to have an engine have the highest amount of volumetric efficiency because it's just like as a farmer if you could get the most milk from each cow if you could get the most grain from each 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 planting the most bushels from each uh, from each acre of soybeans or corn or sorghum whatever you happen to grow that's going to be the most efficient so what has happened over the years is that the engines have been designed to increase this volumetric efficiency and the basic rule of thumb is that most production engines for the most part have about 80 to 85 percent volumetric efficiency and that's at peak torque and then as peak torque always comes in first and then peak horsepower follows it because horsepower is a mathematical equation based upon torque. An engine dynamometer reads torque. It doesn't read horsepower and horsepower is work over time. Torque is the amount of work an engine could do and, a ho and horsepower is how quickly it could do it. And that is why you need RPM to make horsepower because <clears throat> it's a mathematical equation that was that was created by James Watt and the same person with Watt from the light bulb. But let's get back to turbochargers and superchargers. So the whole idea very early on, it was recognized that an engine is very inefficient as far as its ability to breathe. So the idea came up with that they could force air into the cylinders, the volumetric efficiency that would go up. So it would be like saying, well, if I put this foliar feeding on my corn plant and i always use corn because that's what i raise so my mind automatically defaults to that then i then i would say okay fine i could get more bushels per acre the seed is the same the soil is the same but i'm putting a foliar feeding a foliar nutrient on it to try to make that plant produce more right so that's an analogy that i'm going to make so what it was recognized is that and that's why it's called artificial aspiration versus natural or normal aspiration so we're putting a fan uh, we're having a fan blow into the engine all right so blow air into the engine and then obviously mixing it with the proper amount of fuel and at the right timing ignition timing be it gasoline or diesel engine the right combustion timing 
So there's two different ways to blow more air into an engine. Remember, but the goal is to improve the volumetric efficiency. So to make your field yield more. So as another quick analogy is, let's say, arguably, you need to get 200 bushels per acre. You you need, let's say, 20,000 bushels to feed your dairy cows over the winter. If you get more bushels per acre, then you could plant less acres, right? If you get less bushels per acre, you need to plant more acres to, because you and need up need having the need to have 20,000 bushels of corn to feed your dairy cows. So if we could make the engine more efficient, we don't have to make the engine larger in displacement because <clears throat> we're getting more yield. And remember, volumetric efficiency and torque from an engine is its yield, just like bushels is yield for a crop. So <clears throat> it's been recognized very early on that if we could blow air into the engine, that we could make it more efficient and make it more powerful for its size, higher yield. So there's two different ways of doing this. There's a supercharger and there is a turbocharger. All right, and the word charger is attached to both of them because what they're doing is they're filling the the cylinders with more charge. Remember we said in the beginning, charge is the air and fuel mixture, so it's filling it with more charge. So it's either turbocharging or supercharging. Now, Now, early on, what the engines were supercharged, and basically, in essence, there was a mechanically driven fan off the crankshaft. It worked very, very well. And it would blow air into the engine and it would be mechanically linked to usually through a belt. There could there was some early engines that were gear driven, but for the most part through a belt, a rubber belt, and it ran off the crankshaft. Now two things come into play here. Number one is that the the supercharger, the mechanically driven supercharger, would be intrinsically linked to the speed of the crankshaft. And the other thing that would come into play is that there will be a parasitic loss because it's going to take horsepower from the engine, torque from the engine to drive this big fan to blow the air that nothing is free, all right? So there's a parasitic loss. So the whole idea is that if you were to take, let's say arguably the supercharger took 50 horsepower to drive it, but created 100 horsepower more, the engine would be plus 50. So we had the, so the supercharger is creating 100 horsepower more, but it's taking 50 horsepower to create that. So it would be plus 50. Whatever number, so if it took 50 horsepower to create it and it made 150 horsepower more, then it would be plus 100. So there is a parasitic loss of driving a supercharger. Now, somebody many years ago came out with the idea of using, and it's almost patterned off of a grist mill, all right, that used to use a stream or a river to grind grain. That what we would, what they would thought of doing was taking the exhaust gas, right, which has no parasitic loss whatsoever, and having it spin a a turbine, just like a grist mill. And then the other side, the turbine would be on a shaft, and then on the other end of the shaft would be a compressor wheel. So the the exhaust gas, as it exits the engine, would be spinning this turbine wheel and in turn spinning the compressor wheel. So one turns clockwise, the other one turns counterclockwise. All right, so 
that is a turbocharger. It is exhaust driven. So one of the benefits of a turbocharger is that there is no parasitic loss as there is with a supercharger <clears throat> because there's no horsepower taken to turn the turbocharger where there is horsepower taken to turn the supercharger even at idle. Now, modern supercharger systems have a bypass, but still there is a, still a parasitic loss of turning the supercharger and there's no parasitic loss of turning the turbocharger but you may be saying to yourself all right hot rod i could understand that but it isn't doesn't the turbocharger acting as an exhaust restriction a possible restriction create some sort of parasitic loss <clears throat> and you would be correct to a to a certain extent but it's not considered a parasitic loss it's considered a pumping loss so and it's very very minute inside an engine there's three every engine has three types of losses and what a loss is considered is the amount of just like you plant so many seeds of corn you're looking to you mathematically get so many bushels of corn so what a loss is is anything that is less than the btu content of the fuel that is being consumed so inside in every engine gasoline or diesel there's thermal losses there's pumping losses and there's frictional losses thermal losses are the losses that go out the tailpipe the heat that goes out the tailpipe and into the cooling system and if it's an air-cooled engine into atmosphere it makes no difference all right so that's a thermal loss a pumping loss is the work the engine does to pump air in and out of the cylinders all right so now a turbocharger will create a slight increase in a pumping loss because it's pumping through this turbocharger but very very minute and then there is what's called a frictional loss and that's the amount of energy that is used to turn the engine to and to turn the supercharger so a supercharger has both a parasitic and a frictional loss to turn the camshaft to turn the connecting rods to open up the valves against the springs to turn the water pump those are all frictional losses so a, a basic rule of thumb is that a, that an engine only takes about 25 percent it's a little bit better now but 25 percent of the of the potential energy in btu from the fuel be it gasoline or diesel and converts it into power through the flywheel so there's approximately a 75 percent loss in every engine so 75 so that would be like you saying well 75 percent of the crop i plant that doesn't yield anything and that is why over the years they've looked to modify and tweak engines and fine-tune them <clears throat> to get that number below 75 percent all right so that's so there's all different technologies today and that is what they're doing and turbocharging is one of them so the turbocharger has no parasitic loss on the engine has a minute pumping loss on the engine but it's that's very very hard to even quantify and put a number to it so now how does a turbocharger work well it's a supercharger right is a fan that's 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 driven off the crankshaft very very simple the engine is running the fan is turning the faster the engine runs the more air that's blown into it and the more power it makes obviously meeting matching it with the proper amount of fuel and now how does a turbocharger work a turbocharger works passively and what that means is that it's very sensitive to load because it is sensitive to the exhaust gas temperature now the exhaust gas 
in an engine, gasoline or diesel, makes no difference. When we're talking turbocharged, it functions the same. The turbocharger has no idea whether it's on an EcoBoost F-150 or on a, on a Cummins Ram pickup truck or on a John Deere combine. The turbocharger has no idea, all right? It just it responds to the exhaust gas exiting through the port of the cylinder head. Now, I'm going to introduce a term to you because you guys like to learn. It's called isentropic. Some people call it isentropic, all right? And what that means, it's when a gas, something in a rarefied form, which is exhaust, expands without thermal loss. Because in most instances, when a gas would expand, it would lose heat. But when it has isentropic expansion, it, it is expanding out of the exhaust port, the restriction of the exhaust port of the cylinder head, and there's no thermal loss. So that, that heat during of the expansion, because the gas is trying to move away and go to a cool spot, is what drives the turbine wheel on the turbocharger so basically is that so if you were to look at a grist mill on a river when the river is flowing very well the grist mill turns faster when the river is very low the grist mill turns very slowly and if there's not any war any real water enough to move the grist mill it doesn't move whatsoever and that's what's actually happening out west now not with a grist mill but with the hydroelectric power plants simply because there is so much there is such a lack of rain and the reservoirs are so low that they can't turn the hydroelectric plants which is a big nightmare and a big problem so the thing is that so what is a turbocharger do so you're going let's say you're going across the field you got the throttle set the engine's making so much horsepower to pull this planter and now it comes into some heavier ground that comes into a little bit of a it comes into a little bit of a hill an embankment well what happens is that the engine load goes up when the engine load goes up what happens is there's more fuel so if there is more fuel then there is more heat and then if there is more heat because of this isentropic expansion the turbocharger now spins faster and makes more fills the cylinders with more air higher volumetric efficiency and the engine makes more power so to so it's very very simple it works on the expansion of the exhaust gas and it's a and it is it is passive it it is linked to the amount of heat that is in the cylinder and the amount of load on the engine so why don't they use superchargers on most engines today farm equipment and what have you is because of the parasitic loss of the and the and the idea that it is not passive it is geared to rpm so if you need to run an irrigation pump at a certain rpm if you had a supercharger on you would have to play with the with the pulley size and the ratio a lot more complicated than a turbocharger turbocharger is passive and it also reduces the losses the thermal losses in the, in the engine because the exhaust gas that would normally go out the tailpipe on a supercharged engine all right is now being used to do work on this turbocharged engine so we are improving the efficiency of the turbo of the engine through the turbocharger Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. Last year I had the privilege, along with my family, to pay tribute to our father, and certainly one of the greatest American heroes of all time, by opening John Wayne and American Experience in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Visitors love it. There's so much to see from memorabilia stemming from a lifelong movie career 
to our family car my dad brought home when I was just a boy. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in the Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into the Duke's life that's only available here. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Well, when the railroad pays off, you can take 20,000 out of the kitty for me. Well, I guess you'll have to excuse me, ladies. Son, since you haven't learned to respect your elders, it's time you learn to respect your betters. Tickets are available on JohnWayne.com, or they can be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. This is Sean Haney. Every weekday afternoon, we keep the discussion going on Rural Radio 147, beginning with Talk with Chip Flory at 2 Eastern. Then at 3 Eastern, join Brian and Darren Hefty for Ag PhD Radio, followed by Shark Farmer Radio with Rob Sharkey at 4. Then it's time to get real and get connected with me on Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern. It's a full afternoon of tips and tricks to boost yields and keep you informed starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, weekdays on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. Bring Rural America's most important network with you on RFD-TV now. Watch from anywhere, at home, on the farm, even while riding your tractor. Stream agricultural news and weather, commodity market reports, along with traditional country music and entertainment for less than $10 a month. Go to WatchRFDTV.com to subscribe to Rural America's most important network. RFD-TV now. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Now it's time for you to meet me in the farm shop. But first, we got to get our good friend here, Tex Rabinowitz from Ripsaw Records. Come on in, Tex. Let it rip, baby. Get that turbo going. Hey, everybody, Tex. Thank you so, so much. Greatly appreciate it. All righty, so now you're meeting me in a farm shop, and what we're going to talk about today is when mineral oil is best. You would be hard-pressed to find someone that does not recognize that though all motor oils have improved dramatically over the years, that a high-quality synthetic is still the gold standard. That is true, but is there a place for modern mineral-based motor oil in your operation? And the answer is yes, and not just as a cost-saving measure. It is found in the terms of wet ability. Simply put, an oil with a higher level of wet ability will cling to engine parts longer after the engine is shut off. Mineral oil is more wettable than synthetic oil. This is important for an engine that is not used daily or even weekly. A mineral-based oil will stay on engine parts longer, keeping rust and corrosion at bay. So that's something for you to understand and to remember and to think about, is that a mineral-based oil is a the today's mineral based oils are probably as good as synthetic oils were 30 years ago those synthetic oils are even better now but if you have an engine let's say on a seed tender on an older farm tractor on a lawnmower or something you may be better off with a high quality mineral based oil for its wettability so it's going to cling to those parts and it's going to when that engine is off it's eventually going to run off but it's going to stay there much much longer so i want to thank you so much for tuning in and i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved beloved america you have a blessed day and i'll catch you next week be well bye bye
This is for the farmers, the ranchers, the manufacturers and producers, the growers and the showers. This is for you, the ones staying on your feet and doing the legwork, giving it the elbow grease and putting your back into it, over your head, against the odds, and still, every single day, putting on your game face. You keep this whole thing together, even when you're already bursting at the seams. Thank you. Thank you for showing us how to keep going. Thank you for growing the economy we rely on, for producing the goods we consume, and manufacturing solutions where there are none. Even when there is no clear road ahead, you are the ones blazing the trail and always going the extra mile. You are the backbone of rural America, and we always have your back. RFD TV, rural America's most important network. And Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. John Wayne and American Experience is in its second year in the Fort Worth Stockyards, and visitors are loving it. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into Duke's life that's only available here. All right, mister. You asked for it. Tickets available on johnwayne.com, or they may be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now.